Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So I'm watching the game yesterday. Regent Brian will be happy to know that I was watching the game yesterday. He apparently thinks that I give tours at Mammoth Cave on the weekends. Hey, Mammoth Cave, that's a fun place. <laughs> Sounds like a Dykedon family vacation. That, I, right. Ashley won't go in the cave. I tried to get her to go in the cave. It's right next to a Bucky's, if I'm not mistaken. I, she, she, saw that there's a, cave. she saw there's a bottomless pit on the map. She's like, I'm out. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean a bottomless, bottomless pit? pit it has to have a bottom somewhere. You would right? think so. Maybe it brings you to a Bucky's bathroom or something like that, <laughs> which I did like five of those that this weekend. That could certainly be a bottomless pit. Uh, so... I'm watching the game. You know, a lot of times halftime of the game arrives, and, you know, they, I man, when I was a kid, I loved so much. You know, let's get you caught up on what has been going on around the league, and you're seeing the highlights. Now, of course, with the red zone, you know, you kind of know everything that's going on. But at any rate, uh, they go to the sidelines, to the sideline reporter yesterday, who, who I was relatively unfamiliar with. I thought really did a, a good job. Uh, Aditi Kinkabwala is her name. And they throw down to her for her report on the coaches. And imagine that on Wordle. I, yeah, no kidding. Wordle the other day was tough. Mummy, come on. Um, like mummy is in Halloween. Or yeah, mommy. Mummy. It was mummy. Yeah, like Halloween. Yeah. Okay. So I had to rewind it because I thought, did I hear that correctly? And I rewound it a second time, and I'm like, I, I did. And I thought it was very telling. Here we go. Meanwhile, over on the other side, Frank Reich told his team, hey, this is what we've been doing all year. He said, we get the ball, we score on this first drive, then we're only down in a one-possession game. And he said, we have Matt Ryan. Here's the problem there. The first part being, we have Matt Ryan. you know, when he says, hey, this is what we do, guys. We get down, we come back, we score, and then it's a one-possession game. Okay, right there you're trying to lift your guys up and find, give them reason for optimism, make sure they don't throw in the towel. I get Nine it. Nine straight sure. halftime deficits. Yeah. We've been here before, They've guys. scored 13 points total in we the first quarter. We have Matt Ryan. That's right there. One of the things that I always preach, I'm not saying that I live it actively, but I preach it. It was said to me by Dr. White when I was in high school. And Dr. White, I remember saying to me, Jake, you've, you have taken the very average route academically through high school. And you have been able to m make good with that. But the way that you're le leading your life, academically speaking, you are kind of an exception. And you will find in life that danger rests when you live by the exception and not by the rule. It's okay to find the exception of the rule, but you've got to live by the rule and always defer to that because that's where balance in life is found when you find the law of averages that you go with the rule of it. Frank Reich right there got fooled by the rule and the exception. Frank Reich saw a game where Matt Ryan was really good in a no huddle and Matt Ryan got things going. And just like we talked about last week, like, hey, is this the guy they went out and got? Frank Reich thought that was the case. And guess what? Frank Reich got fooled hook, line, and sinker and told Aditi right there, we've got Matt Ryan. And he was going with the exception instead of with the rule. 
and the rule is, and by rule I mean the one that the law of averages points to more often than not, says when you have a quarterback that is this age and you can't protect him, then you are looking at a turnover machine. And that's exactly what happened. And the rule is what ended up sinking the Colts because they were living by the exception. And once again, the team that plays the way the Colts pretend to play and talk about playing punched them right in the mouth. And the Colts talk and preach and and build themselves as this hard, tough, you know, grinded out, f- Colts forged, deep team, da da da. And then they go out there down to Tennessee, and for like the fifth straight time, they get punched right in the mouth because they are living on the exceptions and not by the rule. Jake, I burst out laughing when I heard that yesterday it was either that or cry when you heard that coming out of halftime the we have Matt Ryan was probably what pushed me over the edge of like well you wonder why your team is where they're at right now with we have Matt Ryan nine straight halftime deficits (laughs) the league leader in interceptions the league leader in fumbles the league leader in sacks what really got me I guess going with that comment, though, was honestly how she summarized the interaction with Mike Vrabel and his football team at halftime and the interaction between Frank Reich and his football team at halftime. Mark, if you have it, let's play the entire clip. And I think it's extremely apparent the difference right now in what Tennessee is culture-wise and what Indianapolis is culture-wise. When you hear her describe Mike Vrabel, whose team was leading yesterday at halftime, 13 to nothing, they have beaten Indianapolis four straight times entering yesterday. And it was not him, but Frank Reich fielding questions late last week of, does this game mean more considering the recent trend against Mike Vrabel? And Reich admitted that it does mean more Listen to the halftime report in comparing Vrabel's locker room to Reich's locker room. Mike Vrabel's team has the lead, but he was not a happy man. He told me that his team is giving Matt Ryan too much time and that they're fortunate to have gotten those big plays. Meanwhile, over on the other side, Frank Reich told his team, hey, this is what we've been doing all year. He said we get the ball, we score on this first drive, then we're only down in a one-possession game. And he said, we have Matt Ryan. That sums up everything for me right there. You have a coach who, again, is leading 13 to nothing, has won this head-to-head matchup four straight, the reigning AFC South champ, and he's pissed. He knows they're fortunate. They got gifts. They know that they need to dial it up more. He's instilling urgency. He's instilling we can't get complacent, an edge, whereas Frank Reich is the polar opposite of that. His team is in a halftime deficit for the ninth straight game. Everything's fine, guys. We're good. Yeah, we're going to score here on the opening drive. And yeah, we're going to get right back in it because we've got Matt Ryan, the guy that has put us in this position for the umpteenth time in a row. And lo and behold, the Colts obviously do not score to open up the second half and they lose another critical game. That right there, that little snippet to me sums up everything about one coach that was hired by Tennessee in the 2018 cycle and has built a culture of toughness and a team that has overcome so much. I don't think we've truly realized what Tennessee has overcome. They played the most guys in the NFL last year, in, in NFL history, excuse me, which is means you basically have tons and tons of injuries, yet they're the number one overall seed. They trade away their best player this year. Their star left tackle and their star edge rusher both suffer season-ending knee injuries, and yet here they are after an 0-2 start, 4-2, and 
with the season sweep of the Colts. And where the Colts, with a healthy offensive bunch yesterday, scoring 10 points against one of the worst defenses in the league. Kevin, what is Frank Reich known for? Aside from his coaching, when Frank Reich, 55 years from now, when someone mentions Frank Reich, what is the moment, if there's a chance that you're going to see a, a snippet of Frank Reich in Canton, what's he known for? Uh, the Buffalo comeback? He Oilers? quarterbacked the largest comeback in NFL history. He also quarterbacked the largest comeback in college football history at that time when he was at Maryland. The problem with that is that meant that Frank Reich became accustomed to living by the exception and not the rule. Twice, and I'll give him credit, he caught lightning in a bottle and, and managed to do the exception, which was to come from behind. Teams don't usually come from behind in games, especially on the road. And I understand that Frank Reich has to preach optimism to his team, perhaps, although sounds like Mike Vrabel wasn't doing that in the other locker room. But secondly, and you touched on it, in 2018, when Mike Vrabel was hired as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, what other jobs did he apply for? I believe he interviewed here. And did he interview in cycle one or cycle two? One. Took the Tennessee job after McDaniels. So Chris Ballard interviewed Mike Vrabel, and Chris Ballard decided that Josh McDaniel was the way to go, right? And Josh McDaniel, who had come from New England and was supposed to be an offensive guru for an organization with Jim Irsay and marketing and Colts forged and videos of hammers and anvils and tough and grindy and guys swigging coffee at 5.30 in the morning in a factory somewhere, and that represented the Colts' hard helmet, blue-collar, tough man franchise. They had a guy in Mike Vrabel that's a, that's a tough, ass-kicking dude, but they decided that a guy that wears a hooded sweatshirt and is a little bit younger and comes up with cool offensive schemes was the better way to go, and they went with Josh McDaniel. And then he says, you know what? Nah, I'm good. And then they're in a situation where they backpedal and their general manager basically has to go with the advice of the owner that says, uh, you probably ought to go with Frank Reich. He worked here before. And the guy that actually coaches the way the Colts pretend to be ends up in Tennessee and now owns them in their division. It's a sad reality. I mean – the sad reality of where things stand right now. Because, again, I don't look at Tennessee and think they are this just uber-talented team. Derrick Henry's a great player. Jeffrey Simmons, really good player. Danico Autry, he wishes he could play against the Colts every week. What else really scares you about Tennessee from a personnel standpoint? Again, they have massive losses from last season. Two season-ending injuries to, you know, two big-time, big-time players for him, and Taylor Lewan and Harold Landry. And yet, here they are. And I think that halftime clip, I think that sums up everything. A lack of edge, a lack of accountability in the visiting locker room, in the home locker room with a 13-0 lead, with the reigning AFC South champs, with a team that's beaten you four straight times, they're on edge. They realize that that is not enough. They need more. We'll take your calls here coming up, 8 o'clock hour, 317-239-1070. Jeff Saturday going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. We have Matt Ryan. <laughs> 